grateful the issues that just flow from my, my heart. His gratefulness. God's gratefulness. First, giving honor unto God. Thanking Him for giving me this moment to share his word. To my, my blessing, my queen, my wife, as we even celebrate our five, our fifth year anniversary, thank you for all of your support. To Pastor Venice, who had asked me to preach in his absence, we continue to lift him up in prayers as he continues to preach God's word. To my brother in the ministry, to my church family, and to all of you who are listening live, I thank God for you and I pray that, that God will just be with you and that something that is said this morning would help you on your journey. The scripture reading that I'm going to be coming from this morning it's going to be coming out of the book of Jonah, starting with the first verse. And I'm going to be reading verses 1 through 3. I'm coming out of the New Living Translation. And the reason I were hearing, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, son of Amittai. Get up and go to the city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah got up and went in the opposite direction to get away from the Lord. He went down to the port of Joppa where he found a ship leaving to Tarshish. He bought a ticket and went on board hoping to escape from the Lord by sailing to Tarshish. You may be seated. Father, even now, in your holy and your righteous name, we come to you, Lord God. We ask that, Father God, that you just remove me out of your way, and you have your way. For it is in the name of Jesus that we do pray. Amen, and thank God. If I was to have a topic this morning, it would be loosed by God for his divine use. Yes, loosed, yes, being free from yourself. Yes, Only God can do that, yes, to be used by God in a divine way. Some of the things that get in our way is unforgiveness. Things such as jealousy, 
hurt, pain, things that happened to us in the past, they get on our way of what God and how God wants to use us in a divine way. When we don't deal with that unforgiveness, it blocks us from being a blessing to others. We find here in the first chapter of Jonah, in the first verse, it said, the Lord gave this message to Jonah, the son of Amity. He said, get up and go to that great city of Nineveh. Announce my judgment against it because I have seen how wicked its people are. But Jonah, instead, he went in an opposite direction. My question is, Jonah, why did you take off in an opposite direction? Some of the things that Nineveh has done in the past has caused Jonah to be angry with them. Sometimes we allow our past to affect us in a way to where we don't want to deal with what God wants us to deal with. We find that Jonah took off and went in the opposite direction. Now, Nineveh wasn't that far away. It was about five to 600 miles away. But where Jonah was going to in the opposite direction took him some 2,000 miles away. So what he had to deal with was just right there. But where he ran to was way over there. We find that in Psalms 139, 7 through 10, it says that I can never escape from your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go down to the grave, you are there. If I ride the the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the furthest oceans, even there your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. So no matter where you run to, God is there. Now, our disobedience will get us further and further away from God. And sometimes, being that we are so hard-headed sometimes, it will cause more trouble in our lives to the point of sometimes even wanting to to end our very existence here on earth. We want to commit suicide to get away from some of the problems. But no matter where you may go, God is there. We find in Jonah, and I, God it took me some time to read the book of Jonah, and we find there in even verse 4 that that God had caused a, a, a strong wind to come and a violent storm to flow. So as Jonah was getting onto the ship, the sea was very turbulent. 
It wasn't nothing that the people upon the ship had done, but it's because of Jonah not doing what God had told him to do. His disobedience even caused trouble for some other people. What Jonah thought that he was running away from, he began to run into. In fearing for their lives, in verse 5, we find that the desperate sailors begin to shout to their gods for help. And they begin to start throwing some cargo overboard to lighten up the ship so that it would not be broken up. And all this here time, Jonah was at the bottom of the ship, sleeping. Sometimes we don't think about the problems that we're causing, and we go and we lay down and think we're going to get a good night's rest while others are going through the troubles of time. But I'm so glad that those that were on the ship, the captain came to Jonah and asked him, what are you doing down here sleeping at a time like this where everybody else is awake dealing with the, the, the turbulence of the sea, dealing with throwing things overboard just to try to make it to land. So the captain asked Jonah to get up and pray to his God. Now the sailors were praying to their gods with a small g. And, they asked, and the captain asked Jonah to pray unto his gods. And maybe, and maybe his God will hear his prayer and stop some of this turbulence from going on. But how did they know that Jonah was a child of God? Or how did they know that Jonah really, he was a prophet? Jonah had told them why he was running. He let them know that he left from where he was at there to run away from God. When you run away from God, you're running away from his protection. You're running away from his guidance. You're running away to do your own thing. And they identified that Jonah was a culprit because they had pulled, excuse me, the crew began to pull, uh, cast lots to find out who was it that brought this hell problem upon us. And as they cast the lots, they realized that it was Jonah that caused this hell problem. They asked the question, why has this awful storm come down on us? Who are you? What is your line of work? What country did you come from? What is your nationality? And we find in verse 9 that Jonah had gotten to a place because he realized the trouble that was going on. He began to start to come to himself. And Jonah had answered them, and he said, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. The sailors were terrified at this point. 
when they heard this. For they already, for John had already told them who he was running from. They asked him a question. Why did you do it? They groaned. And since the storm was getting worse all the time, they asked him, what shall we do to stop this here storm? Jonah replied unto them in verse 12, he says, throw me into the sea and the storm will become calm again. I know that this here storm is all my fault. What I see in there is that Jonah is taking ownership for what he has done. Sometimes in our lives, we have to take ownership for the things that we have done. We can't look to this person and that person and say that it is your fault. Sometimes we have to look in that mirror, and the only person you're going to see in that mirror is yourself. You are to blame for some of the problems that come your way. So instead of the sailors throwing them over at that point in time, they begin to roll harder and harder to get the ship to its land. But the stormy sea was very violent for them, and they couldn't make it. Then they cried out unto God, Jonah's God, with a capital G. They begin to plead, Lord, don't make, it, don't make us die for this man's sin. And don't hold us responsible for his death. Oh, Lord, you have sent the storm upon him for your own good reasons. They realized that it was for some good reasons why the storm was there. Could it be that they needed to be witnessed unto? Since they were worshiping the gods with a small g, they're able to see now what our God can do. They can see that our God is powerful. They can see that it was our God that formed the heaven and also the earth. It was our God that was able to calm down those stormy seas of life. So the sailors picked up Jonah and threw him into the raging sea. And my Bible tells me, and the sea stopped at once. It seems bad for Jonah right now. But we see that God had prepared a fish to swallow Jonah. It may look bad because Jonah's wanting to, to give up because Jonah at this point could care less if he would even die. But God sent a protective device in a fish to swallow up Jonah. And in the belly of that fish, I'm sure that Jonah went down memory lane. Sometimes in our life, 
we go down memory lane, and some of the things that we've done, God brings to our remembrance. We find that the sellers were all struck by the Lord's great power and offered him a sacrifice and vowed to serve him, the true and the living God. But being that because Jonah had told them who his God was and how powerful really his God was by letting them know that, that he can calm the sea and that the sea will become calm once he is thrown overboard. But what Jonah didn't know what was about to happen, that there was going to be a prayer meeting inside of the belly of the fish. We find over in Jonah chapter 2 that Jonah began to pray. Sometimes in our lives when things hit us very hard, we, we go to pray. We ask God to help us at that point in time in our life. Maybe you have gone through some death of some close loved ones. Or maybe you are dealing with some anger or some hurt from your past. Maybe you're still dealing with some unforgiveness. And you need to be able to forgive in order for God to use you on his program. So we find that Jonah had a prayer service. It was just him and God. There was nobody else but them in the belly of this air fish. Chapter 2, if you allow me, I'll just read it and what it says. It says, that then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from inside of the fish. He said, I cried out to the Lord in my great trouble, and he answered me. I called to you from the land of the dead, and Lord, you heard me. You threw me into the ocean depths, and I sank down to the heart of the sea. The mighty waters engulfed me. I was buried beneath your wild and stormy waves. Then I said, O oh Lord, you have driven me from your presence, yet I will look once more toward your holy temple. I sank beneath the waves, and the waters closed over me. Seaweed wrapped itself around my head. I sank down to the very roots of the mountain. I was imprisoned in the earth whose gates locked shut forever. But you, O oh Lord my God, snatched me from the jaws of death. As my life was slipping away, I remembered the Lord, and my earnest prayer went out to you in your holy temple. Those who worship false gods turn their backs on all God's mercies. But I will offer sacrifice to you with songs of praise 
and I will fulfill all my vows. For my salvation comes from the Lord alone. Jonah came unto himself. So he had to have a little talk with Jesus. Sometimes in our lives, we need to have a little talk with Jesus. We need to tell him all about our troubles. We need to tell him about all of our struggles. We need to cast our cares upon him because we know that he does care for us. It is not that God has left us. It is us that have left God. And we have gone into a far country. We have gone so far away from God to where we think that we have no connection to him. But God said, I will never leave you, nor ever will I forsake you. He said, I will be with you. That's an assurance that God gives each and every one of us. No matter what you may go through in life, God is there. He hasn't left you. You just have to call upon the name of Jesus. And I know that I know that I know that I know he will answer your prayers. So as Jonah was having this here prayer meeting with the Lord inside of the belly of the fish, some things begin to shake off of Jonah. And Jonah, in chapter 3, verse 1, we find that God appeared unto Jonah a second time. And he had asked Jonah to get up and to go to that city of Nineveh and, deliver, and to deliver the message that he had given him. Now this time, Jonah decided he's going to do what God had told him to do. Sometimes after God is putting a whooping on you, you realize that he loves us and he cares for us. That's why he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, to die on the cross for each and every one of us. There's nothing that you have done that is so bad that God can't forgive you for. So we find that Jonah obeyed God and he obeyed the Lord's command, and he went to Nineveh, that very large city. And we find that being that Jonah obeyed what God has said this time around, the people of Nineveh decide to put a stop to their evil ways. Won't God do it? If you allow yourself to be used by God, if you allow yourself to be a witness for God, there are lives out there that need to be saved. No matter what they have done in the past, it doesn't mean nothing. God still loves them. How can you look down your nose or how can you be so angry with some of the evil that they may have done? Do you think that God may forgive them? This is what Jonah was afraid of, that God was going to turn away his wrath to Nineveh and bless them. And that's exactly what God had done. So there's nothing 
that has been so bad in our lives that God can't forgive you for. But you have to open up your mouths. You have to have that prayer meeting, if you will, and tell God all about your troubles and your trials and your tribulations. He wants to hear from you. But do you want to speak to him or do you want to run from him? Your decision. You choose what you want to do. God is not going to make you serve him. That's a choice. But when things have gotten bad enough in your life and you realize that that's the only choice you have is to accept Christ as your personal Savior, there's a difference that you can make in this society that we live in. So as God had put a stop to what he, the harm he was going to bring to Nineveh, and all of the destruction because of, because of, of Jonah going there and sharing what God had given him to share with them, it saved a lot of lives. When you are obedient unto God, he has divine use for you. When things seem to be impossible, nothing is impossible for God. When I was reading in the Word, I come across Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And even though the, the fire was turned up to hotter than what it should have been, we find that they did not bow down to no pagan god. They didn't bow down to Nebuchadnezzar to do what he had commanded them to do. But instead, in my own mind, they gladly stepped into the fiery furnace. Now that the heat in that fiery furnace was very hot because even some of those soldiers that were taking them up into the furnace, they got burned. But Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, because of the God that they served, because they were obedient unto God and not bowing down to no foreign God, they got on into the fire. And I could see Nebuchadnezzar looking back as, John, as, as Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego was in the midst of the fire. I could see him saying, I thought I put in three, but I see four. I'm here to tell you, no matter how hot it may get for you, God will jump in the fire with you. He will make a way out of no way if you just trust in him, if you just believe in him, if you just obedient unto him. He will make a way out of no way. And as they were inside the fire, I could see them having a Holy Ghost, hallelujah, good time. They said that they were just praising God inside of the, the fire. So no matter how hot it was, they... They, they felt good about their decision to do it God's way. Even though people may talk about you, let them talk. Because they need to be witnessed unto too. They need to know about the God that you serve and the God that I serve. Because he is the living God. He is the only wise God. He is our Savior. As the Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego even come out of the fire, 
I could see them smelling upon the brothers, and they didn't even smell like smoke. They didn't even look like they'd been singed by any of the fire because God protected them while they were in the fire. He will protect you. I know that somebody may say, well, you don't quite understand what I'm going through. I may not. But let me tell you about a man named Job. Job lost all that he had. His wife even asked him to curse God and die. But Job asked his wife a question. Should we accept the blessings from God and not these type of trials from God? God will keep you in perfect peace. If you keep your mind stayed upon him. Job and all the things that he went through, one thing after another, it seemed bad for Job. But Job held on to his faith in God. And at the end of Job's story, Job got a double portion of what he had. So it is not what you may have right now because you could lose these things that we have so much value in. But if we don't put our trust in God, these things will pass away. I don't care what kind of house you live in. I don't care what your title may be. Those things don't mean nothing to God. God can use ordinary people on his program. I'm so glad that just an ordinary person. When I was writing out this message, God took me down memory lane. Back in May of 1975, graduation day from high school, a day that should have been a lot of joy, but I was disobedient unto my earthly father. And I thought that I was going to drive my way to graduation. He said, boy, give me your keys. Because if you're disobedient, you're not going to be able to drive your own car. That was kind of hard for me. I had the car all cleaned up, all gassed up, looking real good to go to graduation. But he said, no. And if you don't want to do as I asked you to do, remember that I pay the bills here. I'm providing a roof for you. And as I was thinking about that, I said, wow, that's what our Heavenly Father does for us. So as I went on to the graduation and after the graduation was over with, I thought I was going to have a ride with some friends. Mom and Dad asked me, boy, do you have a way to get home? Are you sure that you have a ride? Yeah, I'm sure. Well, they went on and went on home. I stood back and tried to get with my friends, but my friends had left me. Here I am, trying to be sharp as a tack. I have my platform shoes on with my leisure suit. My wingtip collar 
Even my hat was the same color as my suit. Thought I was looking pretty good. But as I began to rock, walk down Interstate 275, <laughs> I had to walk home because my blessing had already gone. I could have been with mom and dad, but nah, I'm going to go out and I'm going to party. I'm going to live it up. But my friends left me, and that's what will happen in life. Your friends will leave you. And as I was walking down Interstate 275, the anger that I had, God began to speak to me in every step that I took. He said, it is not their fault, it's yours. If you had not been disobedient, you could have drove to your graduation. Because of your disobedient self, I said, wow, you got to be like that, Lord? Because of your disobedient self, here you are, it's just you and me. I walked down 275, getting closer and closer to home. And it was nothing like knowing that my steps began to get shorter and shorter. But God had spoke to me that whole time. And I'm here to share with each and every one of you, it ain't nothing like a Holy Ghost party where it's just you and the Lord one-on-one. -on -one. When you go down on your knees, you can ask God for forgiveness of what you have done. When God brings to the forefront in your life all of the things that you have done that cause problems in your life, it's nobody's fault but your own. When you accept that, when you receive that, when you, be, when you begin to step back and say, Lord, it's been you that's been walking with me. It's been you that has been talking with me. Thank you for talking with me as I walked down 275. Thank you for being with me because you protected me from a car hitting me. Thank you, Lord God, because I still had breath in this here body. Thank you, Lord God, because I know that you have a reason for me being here. But anger will cause you to miss out on some of your blessings. We find in the book of Psalms, 100 and verses 1 through 5, it tells us to shout with great joy to the Lord all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before his singing with joy. Acknowledge that the Lord is God. He made us. And we are his. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Enter into his gates with thanksgiving. Go into his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good. His unfailing love continues forever. And his faithfulness continues to each generation. I don't know where you're at today. I don't know what may be on your mind. But if you have any unforgiveness, if you have any anger, if you have any envy, let it go.
let it go. Because what it can lead you to is to have a Jonah experience to where you want to give up on life. That's, life is not yours to begin with. It's God's. And God has a purpose for you in this life. But we hold on to God's unchanging hand. It ain't God that changes. It's we who change. But if you just hold on, when things get rough in your life, hold on. When it seems like the heat is turned up in your life, hold on. Don't give up. Don't give in to the pressures of this here world. Stand for righteousness. Stand for God. Because God gave his only begotten son, Jesus, who died out there on Calvary's cross for your sins and for mine. He did not have to do it, but he did. He could have called out the angels to come and see about him, but in open shame, he died on Calvary's cross for each and every one of us in open shame. Yes, with the nail prints in his hands, with a thorny crown upon his head, with, with, the, with the spear that pierced him in the side, the blood came streaming down. That blood was for me. That blood was for you. What can wash away my sins? It ain't nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? It ain't nothing but the blood of Jesus. I say unto you, those that may be listening live, hold on to God's unchanging hand. Don't allow your circumstances to drive you away from God. Run unto God. He cares for you. He loves you. He loves you, and he showed that on Calvary's cross, how much he really loves you. Not only you, but he loves me. It's not time to be disobedient. Disobedience will drive you away. But be obedient unto God. Listen to what God is telling you to do. Ask God to give you directions if you don't know which way to go. He will guide you. He will give you directions if you allow him to. Loose by God. Divine use by God. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. You have a purpose. Outside of these walls is a world that needs to hear about the goodness of the Lord. They need to know how did you make it. Don't let your past lead you to be lead you into being ashamed of what you have done. It's okay. It's your testimony. It's your testimony. And it will make you strong. It will make you strong when you realize that I can't do it by myself. I got to have Jesus. Because Jesus is the best thing that happened to me. He gave me strength when I was weak. He picked me up when I was down. Nobody but Jesus can do that. Mama couldn't do it. Daddy couldn't do it. Friends can't do it. But God can do it. If you allow him to do what he does. Because he loves you and he loves me. In the name of Jesus, I do pray. Amen.
all I can say is, wow, what an awesome, awesome, awesome word. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man, for allowing God to pour through you on each and every one of us. I find it interesting that the reason that Jonah ran to begin with was because he knew the heart of God. He knew the character of God. And he knew what God's will was for the people that God had called him to And because of Jonah's unforgiveness, because of his name, he left the fellowship and the covering of God's fellowship because he chose his own will and his own way. Many times we do the very same thing. And even in the midst of both of our disobedience, God is calling us closer and closer and closer to him. I find it funny that the further Jonah thought he was running from God, that's how much closer he was actually running into God. In spite of his disobedience, God protected him. God loved him. He could have drowned when he was thrown overboard. Could have been digested when he was swallowed by the fish. But God used his trouble to bring him to the place where he understood he needed God. And that fellowship with God is like nothing else on this earth. He found out that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Even our own disobedience. Even our own will. Even our own arrogance. Even our own anger. Nothing can separate us from the love of God. And the reason for that is so that God can show you and allow you to experience his love. I don't know who you are today. I don't know where you are today. God loves you. He demonstrated that by sending his own son to the cross. I didn't understand how powerful that was until I had children of mine.